Listener's going to insert a witty opener here. Coming from Cavernous Canastota, Boater and Fear the Claw follow up on last week's reporting of Infinity Ward and Activision, then dive into talking about Sony's new motion controller, the PlayStation Move. They then report on Jack Thompson trying to help Rhode Island pass a bill governing the sale of mature video games to minors, and then use it as a springboard to talk about the ESRB in general as a voluntary, yet very successful, rating system. So join us in the vast, echoing chamber of the Canastota Game Nuts for the week of Sunday, March 14th, 2010, with episode 33 of the Game Nuts podcast. Wow, that was a <laughs> cop-out. Oh, <laughs> uh, that was underwhelming. Welcome again to the Game Nuts podcast. As you can probably hear, it's a Canastota edition. Um, so... Yes, welcome. A little bit of follow-up from last week. Uh, we mentioned how it would be probably a smart move for the rest of Infinity Ward to follow uh, West and Zempella out the door. Uh, but the reason that they haven't done so, mind you, the rumored reason that they haven't done so is that just as it was with the two heads, Activision has not yet paid Infinity Ward the royalties that they are due on Modern Warfare 2. That hasn't stopped some of them from leaving. True. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it really, at this point, it, I wonder if the studio, how much of the studio, how much of the money the studio made they're allowed to keep, because at this point, they may as well just, you know, say, all right, all you guys who worked on Modern Warfare 2, you come over here, we're going to start a new studio. They can keep Infinity Ward, we're starting a new studio. Yeah, it's, it's basically... Um, now, if I was another publisher, I'd be like, how much do they owe you? Okay, here's 65% of that, because that's all we can freaking afford. Come work for us. Yeah. You know? It's, at this point, if Activision hasn't paid them, I wouldn't hold my breath for a snowball's chance of hell for them to pay them now. Well, I, I mean, mean... like, the, they may eventually down the line, I was gonna say, but they have, it would feel really damn right. They have a contractual obligation to pay them. And if they don't, obviously more lawsuits will ensue. But I'm pretty sure right now what Activision is doing is... Ah, uh, the vent. Oh, noise reduction. Uh, okay. Anyway, I'm pretty sure what uh, Activision is doing right now is waiting for this lawsuit that's going through to blow over. And say, alright, well, depending on what your former bosses do, that determines on what we do to you. Also, Just kind of keeping them as... Uh, yeah, well, holding them as ransom, really. Yeah, but well, again, I mean, this is again, ransom can't be held if all the hostages are like, see ya. Well, here's the thing. Um, when Joystick approached Activision about this story and about the reasons for, uh, you know, for everything, they, of course, commented, we don't comment on rumor and speculation, which is usually industry shorthand for some part of what you just said is true, we just aren't going to admit it when you don't have the evidence in our face. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, we need a rumor and speculation sound. <laughs> I'll, so, I'll see if I can work on something. Uh, probably not for this week, but uh, probably for next week. If, if you force the issue with a rumor next week, then I'll, then I'll do it. <laughs> Ooh, I'll have to think of one. Um, I'll start this, one. This one is no longer rumor. Uh, PlayStation 3's motion controller. Uh, it wasn't called the wand or any other ideas that were coming up. It is now called the PlayStation Move. <laughs> and it actually looks really snazzy. 
Um, it looks at first glance like. Yes, it's, it's not on. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, I was it, going to look at it. It looks. I was like. Um, Damn a it, Wemo and Nunchuck. I was going to say. I, I was going to look at your wand, but that doesn't work. It's not called the wand. And I'm, I'm going to look at your move. Doesn't. You know that still sounds dirty, so I'll stick with this. Yeah, so it's, that's what I've been. The primary one is this uh, black stick that has uh, a D-pad and four buttons around it, and a big glowing ball on top. That ball can change colors, not so much because of what uh, game you're playing. Oh, it's going to be this color and this. It's going to be this color and this. It's actually going to be uh, like if the uh, camera looks out and sees that you are in a predominantly blue room, it's not going to have a blue color. It's going to go with something that'll contrast so that it'll be able to track it. And that's I think nifty. one of the bigs that's going to set this apart from the Wii is that the sensor bar, you know, the, the PlayStation Eye, is going to actually be the one that is sensing, um, as opposed to uh, the move here. Um, that well, way, I'm... like, if you're pointing at the screen and you go more than, like, 15 degrees away, it's not going to spaz out the game. It's just going to say, oh, he's still pointing off that way. Yeah, I mean, I'm... I... I'm still wary of both Sony and Microsoft's attempts at getting into motion controls because I think Nintendo is starting to find right now that the novelty of motion controls is wearing off and they need to, you know, focus on more um, standard games. Yeah, the, but the, the quality of their games, I think, is something that Nintendo does, but their third-party developers aren't. Yeah. Um, and I think that learning from that mistake, uh, such as it is, uh, Sony and Microsoft are going to focus on that a little more. I think they're going to try to perform a little more quality control. I, I think Nintendo didn't care as much about quality control because they were excited to have a bunch of people doing stuff yeah. for their console to prove that, look, people are developing for it, it must actually have potential. Yeah, and that's kind of been Nintendo's problem since the mid-N64 days is, you know, we make these amazing games and people will buy the systems for these amazing games and the competition doesn't have them and Sony's over here like, hey, make games for us, you know, we, we you know, low licensing fees, we'll, we'll yeah. take care of you and everybody's over there and Nintendo's like, oh, wait, no, we need you over here. Yeah, the equivalent of the nunchuck in here is a wireless attachment. Of course. Um, well, I guess it's not an attachment if it's wireless. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> um, that has a D-pad and a thumbstick and another PlayStation Home button. I was actually seeing uh, comments that, you know, it's it, it seems a lot more streamlined than having the remote in your hand, which still has a fair amount of buttons. Yeah. Um, so it's uh, another one. It doesn't have any motion sensing like the uh, main part of the move does. I don't know if the second one is called anything else or if it's just, like, move B or something. <laughs> I, I don't know off the top of my head. I'm liking um, it. I'm very curious about it. I'd like to see what games come out for it. Mm -hmm. A couple of issues I have with it, uh, just looking at it right now. Um, one of the great things about the Wii Remote is all the attachments you can get. Yes, they're useless pieces of plastic, but some of them give the games a little bit more of a tactile feel. Then especially, like, you know, I've got uh, Resident Evil Umbrella Chronicles and the what is it, the perfect shot yeah. gun attachment. It just gives it that much more, and it doesn't look like this device will go into any of those, which will make it more difficult for... It, it won't go into it. the same ones, however, looking at it, um, I don't know actually if there's a trigger on the underside, so that may not work, but I, I'm sure if they wanted to, they can make something. Actually, one thing I'm noticing is that the secondary uh, non-attachment does not have a wrist strap. 
Actually, yes. someone was saying when they were trying it out at GDC, uh, the person wasn't enforcing, oh, hey, you gotta wear the wrist strap, you gotta wear the wrist strap, which is like, Nintendo would never yeah. let them get away with that. And let me guess, uh, a as far move as, moved away? As far as I know, no. Um, but a bump. So, yeah, it's, it'll be interesting to look at. Uh, it's one thing that I, I saw some people, some of my friends were talking about on Facebook is that, oh, hey, you know, Nintendo innovates and then others copy them. Um, like, oh, hey, look, Nintendo did a D-pad and then Sega copied that, and then Nintendo did analog sticks and uh, people copied that. Um, but one thing that people brought up is that most of the time, Nintendo innovates and then everyone else makes it better. Yeah, I mean there are like there... like Nintendo did an analog stick, but every stick since the N sixty four has been much better. Yeah, including Nintendo's. Well, yes, but uh, and uh, well, Nintendo's nobody can make a D pad like Nintendo though. I gotta <laughs> give them that because I haven't played a controller that has as comfortable D pad as any Nintendo system. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean the first one. The first one out of the gate is usually the one that falls behind because, yeah. you know, I mean, Nintendo puts all this time and money into a device that they have big plans for, but they've already put so much time and money into developing it that they don't have time and money to perfect it. Yeah, and other and companies I mean, I, say, I give, hey, I give look Nintendo. at what Nintendo did. We don't have to do that research anymore. Nintendo did it for us. Let's just improve on it. I. I give big kudos to Nintendo for being that innovator. Uh, I mean, like, when the Revolution controller was first announced, me and all my friends were like, this is the most retarded thing ever. Yeah. Um, but, you know, obviously, <laughs> we were wrong. Uh, interestingly enough, I was going through boxes uh, last night looking for something, and I came across two issues of Electronic Gaming Monthly back before this console generation began when the Wii was still revolution, the controller hadn't been announced, the PS3 still had the boomerang, yep. the 360 was just about to come out, and it was very interesting to look through those again. Oh, time capsules. Yes, that is the PlayStation Move. I, I, I'm curious about it. Um, oh, I, I hate the fact that we have to get a PlayStation I in order to use it, because that's yes, just one more... It's gonna come, It's if you already have a PlayStation Eye, you can get it with just the Move, you can get it with the Move and the Eye, and then they're gonna bundle it with systems. Uh, the Move and the Eye is gonna be under $100, although we don't know exactly what price point it's gonna be yet. Bundling with the systems is a big thing. Like, mm -hmm. one, one thing that could have really helped the Wii out this holiday season is if Nintendo had bundled Wii Sports Resort and, Wii and a Wii Motion Plus, Plus with their Wii... But they've always stuck to this is the Wii, then you get stuff for it instead yeah. of multiple. And the problem is, a lot of if they want to push Wii Motion Plus and make that the big step up. In Already, uh, almost all remotes sold in the States are bundled with Wii Motion Plus. They yes. just need to, you know, that one that you get with the system should also have it. Yeah. It, it They shouldn't make. That's kind of like uh, the Rumble Pack with the Nintendo 64. I had four of them, but I had four of them because I had to go out and buy them, even though almost every single game supported them. Yeah. Um, the other thing is that this will be much like the PlayStation controller in that it'll have its own internal battery to charge uh, and charge and charge again instead of eating up double A's like a like something that eats double A's. I don't know. Eh. I got nothing. <laughs> a I'm Game not Gear? Bad. Yeah, sure. Maybe, um, maybe that Lynx would eat double A's. So. Probably. It looks like it probably eat your hand. Yeah. <laughs> Um, my only issue with that is, uh... My finger is not a battery. 
Lithium-ion batteries only have a certain number of recharges, and uh, one of the nice things about the double uh, A's is you can get rechargeable double A's. Take them out, charge them, put them back in, take them out, charge them. And in my experience, done, rechargeable double A's uh, wear out their life a lot faster than rechargeable internal batteries like this. Well, but the problem is, when one of those runs out, you can't replace it. You can, it'll just cost a load. load. Yeah. yeah, whereas I'd rather just buy new double A's. Fair enough. Alright, so that's the PlayStation Move. Um, uh, does it move you? You let us know in the comments. Put ups. Okay. Um, I forgot the other thing. Oh, right. Uh, so apparently there's even more legislature to put bans and restrictions on video games. They're trying to push one through Rhode Island right now. And actually, we have a double whammy with this podcast because not only did we invoke Activision, we're also invoking the name of... Yes, well, it, it, let, let me lead up to it. Um, okay. It has I'm been... Sorry. I apologize, listener. You know what? Just cut that part out and I'll just say, Jack Thompson. <laughs> Jack... <laughs> uh, for, for, for those of you who are wondering why he's laughing, I rambled on for a minute. He edited it out, right? Maybe. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, Jack Thompson has stepped up and said, this, uh, this bill is unconstitutional. It will never pass. Well, now, what does this bill entail? Because Jack Thompson has actually fought in favor of video games once or twice before. Well, here's the thing. Um, I, I don't. I didn't get a chance to read the actual bill, or even you know what exactly it entails. But Jack Thompson's reasoning for uh, stepping up, supposedly in support of video games, is he wants to write the bill himself and make sure that it gets passed. So, oh. <laughs> um, effort to impose fines and jail time for selling mature games to underage kids. Oh, Jack Thompson's like, this won't pass. Let me write it so that it won't. You know what, and if you want to implement that, I'm not 100% in agreement of it, but if it means that I can still have my N-rated games to play, I'm not completely opposed, but here's the thing. Why do we have all this legislation for video games and we don't have it for movies and we don't have it for music and we don't have it for all this other stuff that's yeah. out there? I the mean, internet. It's, it's and um, this is actually... Uh, one of the, like, what he's saying is what I was going to say is that um, they can't pass a law to enforce what is a private um, standard. ESRB is a privately owned standard. Same with MPAA ratings. You know, you can't pass a law to enforce that. It's all voluntary. Now, I sort of worry how that's going to, you know, if FCC he tries to overtakes the ESRB. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm worried that uh, it's going to be a bit too much there because one of the big strengths of the ESRB is that even though it's voluntary, it has massive awareness, especially yeah. since, you know, its ratings have only been around for less than a couple decades. Yeah. I want to say 93? Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, and it's got, like, great... Well, uh, I mean, they were appearing in the latter days of Super Nintendo and Genesis, so it might be a little older than that, but... yeah. I don't know. I did a report on video game rating systems a while back. I just can't remember exactly. Yeah, it's... It, I, I, I don't really see how uh, they can enforce that unless there's they would, they would create a second rating, which would be like, oh, hey, yeah, it's ESRB says okay. it's T, 
but gut but the government says it's bad and we can't sell it to people under 17. So I like how you went from being Bruce from Family Guy to being I don't know what. I don't know. Oh hey. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, um hi. Okay, so Yeah, it's it really it's driving me nuts that yeah, like you said, you can't make a law based on a private ratings and you know, really it comes down to the parents, which, you know, that's, we stress that's, that's we stress at this store is, you know, so a parent brings up an M rated game and the person they're buying it for is clearly you know, I, I would say probably low teens and younger. I yeah. mean, by mid to high teens. I mean, I was playing M-rated games. I was watching R-rated movies. Yeah, so, but it's, you know, it's still, you know, you know if I, I suspect that they're 16, I gotta be like, yeah. sorry. Um, it's, it's a privately enforced thing, and it does allow that uh, easy loophole of, well, if the parents want to get it for their kids. If the parents want to do the parenting and know what's best for their kids, they can do that. Yeah. Whereas if you make it a law, all of a sudden we're going to need to have paperwork and we're going to need to show that this is in fact a legal guardian of that kid yeah. and it's going to be a huge headache. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll i tell you something. If it still exists when I have kids, my probably tween to my tween to teenagers are going to play Halo. Because I don't think there's anything truly objectionable in Halo. There's not a whole lot of bad language. There's no nudity. There's no, you know, mature sexual themes. You're not shooting humans. That's yeah, a, you're that's not one thing that humans. a lot of parents yeah. uh, opposed to. Blood is you all You can shoot aliens, but you can't shoot humans. Fucking racist. Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> the blood is all you know colored. It's not. Yeah. It's not red, so it's not that. Well, you know, there's, I don't see anything that wrong with it, but it's an M-rated game yeah. because of the blood and the shooting. Yeah, it's it's a matter of where uh, we as parents would get very uh, involved in that sort of thing, involved in raising our kids, and uh, we see a lot of parents that do that, and you know that know, okay, well, my kid can handle an M-rated yeah. game. Uh, one example in particular, a few weeks ago, there was a, a young mother in the store. Um, with her, I would say he was probably around six, seven Maybe. years old. I can't remember exactly how old the kid was. Uh, she was looking through games to buy him, and you know we were making recommendations. And she picked up Crazy Taxi. And Crazy Taxi is T-rated, and I and I said, well, it's T-rated, but there's really nothing truly objectionable. It's just got some you know punk music in the background, and you're driving the car around streets that have people in them, but the people jump out of the way. You don't actually hit any of them. Yeah, she she got very into yeah. wanting to know if this would be okay for a kid. And actually, it, later that week, she came back and decided to return the game, just because, you know, she had sort of screened it beforehand, and she was like, even if there's not the exact words in there, not really comfortable with him listening to that music. Yeah, and the reason but why... She, but she got into that. She, right, and to, to, yeah, to... To continue, basically, one of the I realized after a moment that there is a song by The Offspring that drops the f bomb once or twice, um, and I looked it up on Wikipedia and found out that the version she was looking at it was censored. Yeah, yeah, was was censored. But yeah, you know, she she acted upon it. She was a parent. She made a decision, and you know, I, I respect that. I wouldn't have a problem with my kids playing Crazy Taxi, but she did, and that's. What are you doing? What I'm doing is that uh, actually she came back, we turned Crazy Taxi and got Star Wars Battlefront, which is another T-rated game, but it's one that she was okay with him playing. Yeah. 
Uh, like, I, like, I think I said to her when, she, when they were looking at it, there's nothing in the Star Wars video game that's any worse than you'd find in a Star Wars movie. Yes. And if they can watch the movie, they can play the games. Yes. So they came back and got Battlefront 2 after they got Battlefront 1 with you. So that's... And if this sort of thing passes, okay, this is T rating, not M rating. But if any sort of government... Uh, I'm looking for a word that begins with us. Um, uh, I guess, close enough. Um, I don't know. Anything that the government does uh, to try to get into this sort of thing is just going to be a hindrance to the industry, I think. I mean, yeah. I, d I definitely, don't get me wrong, I understand the, the threat of violent video games being sold to people who can't handle them. But I think that but the onus should be on the parents, not on the government to exactly, do Exactly, because for it's them. a case-to-case -case basis, and there's so much... Um, you know, I, I grew up... When, when I was growing up, I was diagnosed with ADD, Attention Deficit Disorder. And I've learned through time that ADD is not so much a learning disability or a disorder, it is a different way of learning. It, it's filing things in your brain a different way and reacting to them in a different way. And that's, and people, the reason why it's considered a disorder is because of the standardization of children, this homogenization of how we treat them and how we raise them. And the problem is so many parents think, well, if it's okay for this kid, it's okay for this kid. No. Actually, no. I would say a lot of parents uh, know their kids. So it's, Why did you play that game? I played it at Johnny's house. I guess you're not going to Johnny's house anymore yeah. because I'm not going to let you play those games. Well, I guess I guess the government looks at it that way. Okay. That's you know, that's the, the government looks at it as, well, this child played... 17 Doom. is yeah. M-rated, is 17 is M-rated, too bad. Yeah. And, you know, this 13-year-old played uh, Modern Warfare and then went to a school and shot people. Well, you know what? What you don't look at is the fact that he went to school and shot people because he was picked on for 10 years and, you know, it just... It, there are so many factors, and there's so much individuality in the case that they just ignore. It's it's definitely rock and roll music that's corrupting our children these days. <laughs> no, it's swing music. Uh, uh, the I government always needs their red herring. Hopefully, video games will. You know what? It, I, in, I, give about it, I give it less than a decade now yeah. before something else comes up. Yeah, I was going to say, in about 10, 15 years, all of these old politicians are going to die off, and everybody. In the and everybody in Washington is going to be former gamers or current gamers. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, Obama already has a Wii. Yep. So, well, the Wii is the in thing. The Queen has like a gold plated Wii, so you know <laughs> she does. <laughs> I think we can end not, the show on that. Not note. Queen Midas. <laughs> not who I was talking about. <laughs> no, it was uh, the gold plated Wii. Yes, hence the Midas joke. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Uh, uh -huh. We need to end. Uh, <laughs> if you have any comments on what you heard in the podcast, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you can leave them at gamenutspodcast.blogspot.com or email us gamenutspodcast at gmail.com. So until next week, this is Boater signing off. Fear the claw saying good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs>